Welcome back to Yes X or No Audio. Hello, audacious audiophiles. Welcome back to a week in review. It's been a while. So, usual program. I'll reserve the article on Niger. Uh, we'll go through the headlines from Antiwar and then throw in a few other articles from other people on other stuff and see if we can discern what happened in the last week here or there. So the week encompassed both of the anniversaries of the two nuclear weapons being exploded in war on Hiroshima and Nagasaki. And the wind was largely taken out of those sails by the release of the Oppenheimer film, so a lot of the anti-war, nuclear, blah, blah, blah articles came out the week before, uh, but there's still a few around. Uh, there's one really good one by Ben Norton, which I'll mention later, uh, there was a nice little headline from good old Dave Camp at Anti-War, which was, Hiroshima Mayor Calls Nuclear Deterrence a Folly. So, well done, Mayor of Hiroshima. Let's get rid of all the nuclear weapons, make everyone happy, shall we? Apart from the people who make money out of making them and whatever. We don't need nuclear weapons. Not good. Moving right along, there were a puck ton of headlines for Ukraine, and I'm just going to skip the vast majority of them, because we all know what's going down in Ukraine. Lots of Ukrainians are dying. Few Russians are dying too. Nobody wants to do it anymore, including the Ukrainians and the Russians, really. We, what we need is a settlement, and we all know what that's going to amount to, which is that a lot of Ukraine will disappear out of Ukraine and become Russia. If you hear any creaking and so forth, I'm sitting on a rather comfy chair, but it goes like that. So if you hear those noises, it's the chair, not me. Ha. So what significant things were there? Yeah, there was a comment by Alastair Crook when he was interviewed by Judge Napolitano on Dungeon Freedom, and that was the focus on the naval war in the Black Sea, uh, which is essentially the use of drones and really drone boats, essentially, which the Ukrainians really don't have the expertise to do this, so it's got to be the Brits or the Yanks involved in this. And, of course, it has been John Helmer uh, at Dances with Bears that's been talking about this for months, so everyone else is catching up with him. So that was an interesting take. Um, what else is going on? Um, yeah, oh yeah, there was the, the big the, the meeting uh, of the rest of the world, except Russia, about what's happening in Ukraine, you know, all the, all the um, southern, the, the south nations coming together with, to be told by the North nations to get behind Ukraine because da, 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 and then China turns up and basically this is another thing that Crook mentioned China turns up and basically goes nah it's a busted ass don't get involved in that and everyone goes nah we don't think the 10 point peace plan from, from Dick Ed Zelensky is going to go anywhere we're not playing that game so that was a complete busted ass like the Ukraine war uh, so yeah what else happened um, yeah it's just lots of fluff Oh, yeah, Biden wants $24 billion more dollars to keep pumping into the military industrial complex. Oh, yeah, and Poland's having a lot of fun on their border with Belarus because they're all paranoid about the deposed members of Wagner or something. And, you know, first of all, it's 2,000 troops and then it's 10,000 troops to their border. and blah, blah. It's just local domestic politics, really. Uh, what else have we got? Um, oh, yeah, the US approved its first batch, batch of M1A1 Abrams tanks to blah, 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 but then they're not going to turn up for bloody ages because they have to be refitted or some shit. It's all just busted ass. So that's Ukraine. Who cares? 
I mean, it's a tragedy, but I think we all know where this one's going. And I am quite suspicious that Mr. Scott Ritter may well have been correct when he said it's all going to be over, either by or during the autumn. And I think he might be right. We'll see. So, moving to the rest of the world. Uh, in the Middle East, we had an interesting thing. The US and Iran reached a deal, I'm reading the headlines from Andy Wall, uh, on a prisoner release and frozen funds. So, that was a bit of a turn up for the books. There was another agreement that they came, with, came up with a month or two ago which surprised me as well. So, there you go. So, something's happening there. I wonder why the US is all of a sudden able to reach some sort of agreements with Iran. What has changed? Is it the fact that Iran is developing their own swift international banking transfer system or that there just happen to be a local power and all of a sudden they've got good friends in Russia and China and Asia's unifying? And I don't know what it is, really. Uh, then we had more of Israel killing people in Syria because why not? It's fun. They do it. Uh, oh, here's a weird one. Israeli foreign minister calls for US to give Saudi Arabia a defence commitment. Really? I mean, this is the tail wagging the dog, but why the hell would Israel be calling for the US to give Saudi Arabia a defence commitment? So it's a bit of a puzzlement. Uh, but the most interesting of all the Middle Eastern news, from my perspective, was this one. Over 3,000 U.S. Marines and sailors arrive in Middle East in deployment aimed at Iran. And when I saw that, I went straight back to that article I came I mentioned three months ago, whatever it was, when it was, Iran was coming up with a naval alliance with someone, I can't remember who it was, UAE or Bahrain, or I can't remember. Obviously not Bahrain. Um, and I was going, that's weird. Keep your eyes on that. That's going to go somewhere. And here it is. There was also some article a couple of weeks back which was also related to that. So this has been building. We've been keeping our eyes on this. If you're following my advice, there it is. Um, which I think is, it, it tub-tails in with the, um, the next section. So this is China. Um, so we have uh, the first part of the few Alterans, right? So uh, the Philippines grounded some ship on one of the, you know, Spratly Islands or whatever these contested things in the South China Sea, and the Chinese are like, get it the puck out of there, <laughs> because it's obviously it's a minor provocation. So get rid of it. Um, and the other one was good old Biden signs an executive order banning certain investments in China. Uh, you know, who knows what? But of course, the big one was the uh, <laughs> the. The Russian, the Ruskies, and the, and the Chinese sailing their fourteen or twelve or whatever it was ships off off the coast of Alaska, having a little tour through the Aleutians. <laughs> Hi from international waters of Alaska. Uh, so I, I sort of think that the this relates, as I mentioned like months ago, that this is a play. These are naval plays that that now you've got Iran in the in the Persian Gulf and. Russia and China having fun in the illusions. It's all just to piss the US off and you know expose the stupidity of their... They're all doing freedom of navigation patrols. We're just doing them in your territory instead of you doing them in ours. Welcome to the real world. Yeah. So it's all quite fun, really. Um, and then on fun, we have another one. Uh, Pacific, hey, Australia gets a role. US eyes Australia as missile testing ground. I mean, first things first... The U.S. is really... The Australians have allowed the U.S. to increase their military presence here, particularly in the Northern Territory, Darwin, etc. 
Uh, so there's a big build, you know, base got built up there. The the big value to the US uh, in Australia is that we're um, a very large unsinkable aircraft carrier. No, we're, we're a very large unsinkable surveillance station, right? It's called Pine Gap, where the US has some of its most advanced um, uh, listening equipment right? over the horizon radar. This is like 40 years ago, you know, bouncing radar waves off the you know ionosphere or whatever the puck they do. So, yeah. Um, anyway, so the the point with the missile testing thing is that's what the Brits did here after the Second World War when they were testing their early nuclear weapons. That happened here in Australia. So more of the same. Yes, please, Australia. Please be a place where you can blow shit up. <laughs> got to make, you've got to laugh. You've got to laugh. Jesus Christ. Right. So, um, of course, the big story of the week was Niger. Uh, and here's a splat of articles on that. I'll mention a specific one from um, Barbara Kumar when we get to the next section. So, essentially what's happened is that good old um, uh, Vixen Newland paid a visit to have a word with the, uh, the, the general, can't remember his name or, or even pronounce it, who is the leader of the uh, uh, Niger Presidential Guard, who's the guy who ousted Bazoum, the, the, the uh, president who's now in a, I don't know where he is, house arrest somewhere probably. Um, anyway, uh, Newland turns up, Newland, get it? There's a there's Newlands, right? She's the representative for Newlands. Newland turns up in Niger to speak to the dude. The dude says, piss off, you can talk to my little underlings, which was a very clever move by, by Mr. General. Um, and then, of course, the US is, is flailing around trying to find allies, and the, the, the local ally group is called ECOWAS, which is a, uh, a, a trade alliance, an international trade group. Uh, from West Africa. And so they're all, you know, making threats and so forth. And it's really funny, right? So we've got ECOWAS to hold second emergency summit on uh, Niger. Nigeria, right, that's a neighbour of Niger, Senate warns uh, against military intervention. Uh, Niger uh, junta accuses France of violating the airspace. Well, of course the French have <laughs> They're the previous colonisers, you twats. Biden calls for an immediate release of Niger's president and... Um, here we go, report. Uh, I've got, I'm just reading the headlines from Andy War, right? Uh, Niger Junta told Newland they'd kill Bazoum if there's military intervention. <laughs> it's like, all right, put your cards on the table. Um, ECOS activates standby force for potential Niger intervention. I mean, these aren't in order, I'm just reading them. <laughs> Whatever. Victoria Newland meets with uh, Niger Junta leaders. Bullshit, she didn't get to meet with the leaders. Uh, I might be wrong there. Anyway, that was from the 7th of, of uh, August. I think she was fobbed off to the little underlings. And um, West African Bloc, I presume that's ECOWAS, says military intervention in Niger is last resort. Oh yeah, it's always a last resort until you do it, isn't it? Anyway, so that's the Niger thing. We can look at that more in the next section. But we'll do that at the end. So moving on to what other stuff's happening. Uh, the article by Badra Kuma on uh, Niger is titled Niger Rejects Rules-Based Order and it was republished at Consortium News. I read Badra Kuma regularly. His site is called Indian Punchline. It's in that 53 links article from months back, right, of course. Another interesting one was from Chris Hedges at Consortium News, which is Nurses Fight Godzilla. Great title and also a wicked piece of uh, graphic art by Mr Fish. Uh, and that's a story about the gig economy, uh, which, if you remember the rant I did a few days ago, 
one of the issues that I see happening with the US is, you know, all this stupid amounts of military spending on expensive stuff that doesn't work like the F-35s and, you know, 800 foreign military bases and whatever the hell. There's a lack of investment in the social fabric in the US. Uh, and I think this is a, you know, you, you can do that for a while, but eventually people get, you know, a bit pissed. And this is an example of it, the gig economy stuff, which is really abusive and basically is under undermined labour rights um, or what limited amount existed because the the, the big international labour movement that arose in the 1910s or the first um, the first decade of the 20th century was quite strong in the US but it was brutally repressed. It was quite successful elsewhere. There was a pretty decent labour rights movement here in Australia actually. It started in the uh, late 19th century um, when you guys were doing robber barons, we were we had a bunch of rebellious Scots and Irishmen <laughs> demanding better wages. Anyway, <clears throat> moving right along, there is one brilliant article which I'll reserve to the end of this section. Then we've got uh, a couple more in Ukraine. There's the, the one that I mentioned in the rant by Dan Kavalik. It's called Russia, Donbass and the Reality of the Conflict in U- Ukraine, published uh, at Natalia's Place. Uh, so then... An interesting uh, one here by Andre Damon from the World Socialist website, also republished at Natalia's Place, called New York Times Admits, then covers up massive Ukrainian casualties. Um, And then there's the one from Moon of Alabama, um, Bernard, three polls on support for the war in Ukraine, where basically they've misrepresented the polls and called them support when they're not. (laughs) The US is basically also sick of this damn war because everyone's sick of it because everyone's having this bullshit. Um, some people are making a lot of money and a lot of people are dying. Situation normal, all fucked up. Snafu! Um, there was an article by Pepe Escobar, which I haven't even read, which is a bit of a crime, uh, titled Syria, A Tale of Plunder and Resurrection. I presume that's about the reconstruction process that's going to go on underway in Syria, which will be largely coordinated through China um, with roles for Russia and Iran, I expect, but I expect that it's also got to do with Syria's re-entry into the Arab League, and da, 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 which is a lot to do with Saudi Arabia, which may well explain something to do with what Israel's doing. Why does Saudi Arabia need security guarantees? Maybe I think Israel's you know, stirring the pot a bit. Uh, then there's another excellent one for the Middle East region, which was uh, back on the uh, 7th of August, Craig Murray published an article just titled Imran Khan, which talks about the absolute abuse that he's gone through. And that was republished uh, at Consortium News. But in the interim, two days later, but in the interim there's also that article that came out from The Intercept, which I believe finally has the documents that Khan was talking about six months ago when all this shit went down, which was the US pressuring the Pakistan parliament because the Khan's party only had a what was it, two-seat majority. And so a couple of people crossed the floor and they passed a no-confidence motion and that got rid of him. And then the, then he got charged with, you know, embezzling or whatever. Was it not adequately declaring gifts that were given to him? Just bullshit charges and so forth. And now he can't stand for election for three years or some shit like this. I mean, he's just been sidelined. So it's obvious what's going on. But anyway, so the Intercept got the secret documents and published their thing, but this is six months after the fact. It was all done in that interview with... Um, uh, Ash uh, Ratanzi on going underground like half a year ago 
Anyway, good to see. It's a great article by Craig Murray, excellent writer. I recommend you check it out either at Consortium News or his website, which is just called Craig Murray, craigmurray.org.uk. Um, <clears throat> then I said I'd mention something to do with the atomic weapons and the article by Ben Norton, which was published at Post, and it's called Atomic Bopping of Japan Was Not Necessary to End World War II in the Pacific, obviously. US government documents admit it. And that was the thrust, along with the fact that the Nagasaki uh, weapons explosion was a weapons test, with nothing to do with the war at all, that I published last year on August the 9th. Anyway, moving right along, a couple of other weird ones. Um, <laughs> Matt Taibbi uh, republished at Post Campaign 2024, talking about the US presidential election. Obviously, officially chaos. Yeah, thanks, Matt, like we didn't know, you know. Biden can't read from his teleprompter, won't debate anyone. <laughs> you know, media's not going anywhere near um, uh, Kennedy Jr. And uh, Trump's been <laughs> indicted left, right and centre. So, look, situational, everything's fine. <laughs> and the other one was uh, from, this is from, uh, by Glenn Greenwald uh, at Shearpost. Wikipedia co-founder calls Wikipedia, quote, most biased encyclopedia. Hey! The founder's woken up to what's been going down. Oh, dear. Right. <clears throat> so I said we'd get to Niger, and so that was the article I published, which I thought was quite fun, just to do a bit of random research, find out what was going on. And one of the commentators said that my, you know, I was I was placing undue confidence in, in CIA's fact book. Uh, you, have a look at the, the fact book summary. It's tiny. <laughs> you know, it's like... Here's the, here's the legislative assembly. This was when they gained their independence. This is the population. You know, these are the ethnic groups. Like, there's almost nothing in it. But it's a very good, very short rundown. Anyway, never trust the CIA. Um, but, yeah, so my conclusion of the whole thing was it's either just a local dust-up between the president and the head of the presidential guard and the president who made some dumb decision. But that seems a bit short-sighted. I think there's a little bit more to it than that. Um, there's vested interest things going on, obviously, right? Um, and uh, the uh, the source from uh, the French uh, national uh, radio uh, was, you know, claiming that essentially the the general who d- did the ousting, the head of the president. I mean, how easy is it to run a military coup when you're, you're a general and you're head of the presidential guard? All right, dude, sorry. This way, you're in that room for a while. <laughs> Come on. Anyway. So, um, yeah, so they were claiming that, that he was still too close to the former president. And, you know, as the thing in Al Jazeera said, the former president accused the new president of, you know, election fraud and whatever with no evidence. Usual blah, 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 blah. I mean, it's the same in the US. It's the same in Niger too, right? Anyway, but it looks to me very quite local. But I don't think it's local as in entirely within Niger. And that was a good point that they made at the Washington Post article I had a brief look at which is there's been a whole sequence of coups in the region, and I think it's to do with the combination of the French and um, the Yanks uh, increasing their military presence, theoretically in response to anti-terrorism with Boko Haram and whoever the latest, I don't know. These people are very nasty, and the person who knows more about this than anyone else, the military build-up by the US and how nasty these people are, is Nick Terse who I mentioned in the article deliberately because I've been reading his stuff for years and years and years, and he's good and he knows what he's on about. Um, so if you're really interested in the military side of this, how nasty these um, Islamic terrorists, and they are Islamic terrorists, 
uh, how nasty they are and, and how dramatic the US uh, uh, build-up has been in Africa and specifically West Africa. Look at Nick Terse, he's the guy. Um, yeah, so I think it's a, it's a collective annoyance uh, of the peoples of West Africa in seeing the fact that they haven't even got bloody roads or reliable drinking water and whatever and all these you know, flying drones and you know, military shit flying around. It's like, guys, we need hospitals and schools and, and drinking water and roads. Cut it with this shit. So I think that's part of what's going down. But I really don't know. So, but the, the key thing there is read the article by uh, Badra Kuma. Uh, he's a very good writer. I normally read his stuff at his own site, which is called Indian Punchline. And you'll find it in that you know, 20, 53 links article from ages back. Anyway, there we go. That's the week in review. Hope you're having a good one wherever you be. See you next week. Bye. Not so fast. Whoops. I forgot the article that I said I'd mentioned. And also, why the is the US even giving a shit about Niger, right? It's not the uranium. All right. 2,000 of the 48,000 tonnes that are part of the global annual production. It's, all right, seventh, but it's still small chips, really. 5%, 4 4 and a bit percent, whatever. Plus a bit of oil and gold, but it's not enough. The real thing is the drone base, uh, and which is in one of the regions, the administrative regions, which is one of the maps I put up, and one of the commentators was smart enough to tell me which one it was. Thank you very much. So that's the real reason. Because that drone base is central to the entire surveillance uh, exercise that the US is running in uh, West Africa. It's the linchpin to the whole damn thing. So that's why they're there. That's why they need the previous you know, president back again, because he obviously said, yes, you can do this. Um, so that's that, that. And then and the article, the interesting article from the other stuffs, uh, was by Ellen Brown. And she is fantastic. I like her a lot. Uh, she's, she publishes rarely and often on very differing topics. Uh, but she does a lot of research and comes up with these really cool um, and fun articles. And this one is about short selling uh, on banks. So she begins by looking at the uh, shit that went down with, uh, what was it called, Silicon Bank and the two other banks in the US that basically got shafted because their um, their creditors said, oi, we want the money back. And the bank didn't have enough uh, money to, to pay it back as quickly as, as the uh, creditors wanted it. Because um, they'd invested all of their funds in long-term treasuries and this sort of stuff. They just didn't have the liquid assets that they needed. So that's why they went down. <clears throat> uh, and this is not that uncommon either, she goes on to point out. But the issue is about short-selling. Uh, so basically, yeah, it's, it's the version. It's a uh, eco speak uh, for uh, runs on banks. Really, it's, it's forcing uh, uh, share prices down through rapid selling and whatever. Anyway, read the article. It's fascinating, very well researched. She goes on about how vulnerable um, the various very significant banks. There's a term for this. They're called strategically important banks or, or banks of you know, blah, 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 significance or whatever. And uh, quite a few of them uh, are actually vulnerable to this sort of stuff. And there's been um, fluffery about, oh, we should, you know, stop short short selling like this on banks should become illegal. And a lot of people going, yeah, the whole damn thing short selling should be illegal, not just protecting the banks, protect everyone. Anyway, very interesting article. Um, so I advise that for a little bit of head scratching and, and learning about new things.
So there you go. Uh, and whoops, what's the title? He said uh, it is Ellen Brown. Brown War by Other Means Short Selling J.P. Morgan Chase at Shearpost. Enjoy. Bye bye. Until next time. Mm-hmm.